0: On show? Oh my God, you gotta be kidding me! Next time maybe, okay? Next time maybe? That means no in a woman's language. I know how to speak women. woman. That's right! <laughs> I found the subject uh, very interesting. I, I I I learned something from the show. Oh, what a bunch of Bolshevik that is! You do all those things. You tell these girls to hit. Do yeah,
1: you, you ever go to sleep? No. Unbelievable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no. You don't. Know, you don't know want. You don't want to sleep. You don't want to sleep because you're gonna to have to of sleep for the long sleep. So you know, you, you put that off. You're going to lengthen your life by staying awake the extra eight hours a day while we sleep. You like this. <laughs> I get a third more done than all of you.
2: Live from the Dad Shack on the beautiful shores of Lake Sawyer in Black Diamond, Washington, it's the Sean Teshner Show. And folks, if you're just tuning in for the first time, any time that you participate in this radio broadcast, your voice is audio recorded and becomes part of the property of this show and will be used for worldwide distribution on the Internet and for profit. We are a listener-sponsored broadcast, and if you'd like to donate, you can go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, or to the link for it on Facebook at The Sean Teschner Show. I can be reached by email at trashner at hotmail.com, that's T-R-A-S-H-N-E-R at hotmail.com, or you can call me at 425-247-8827. I look forward to hearing from you. Well, we've got an email from a listener named Jim in Oregon. Thanks for writing to us, Jim. Uh, the suggested show topic for today is arming teachers in the classroom. Jim writes that he believes that teachers should be armed because it seconds count when it comes to trying to save the lives of children when there's an armed assailant in a school. And I can tell you from having been a teacher for several years, uh, in my mind, that makes sense. The police response time is anywhere from one minute to ten minutes, and someone can do a lot of damage during that time. In the news, there have been uh, reports about teachers jumping in the path of bullets to save kids' lives and lost their own lives. Uh, all schools are weapon-free zones. But that doesn't seem to stop people who are determined to hurt people. Sometimes it's angry parents that are in a custody battle over kids, too, wanting to kidnap the kids from the classroom. I know the school district I work in, uh, all the outside doors are always locked, even if they're access in the classroom. And many of the schools I'm in, they also lock the ins- interior doors for the same reason, as well as practicing lockdown drills, which means uh, if there's somebody in the neighborhood and the police are chasing them, uh, we lock down the schools and we make sure that they can't see in the windows in case they're running around trying to get in and hide from the police. And sometimes those helicopters are hovering anywhere from an hour to three hours depending on what's going on. People jumping fences in between people's yards or robbing the nearby Walmart or maybe a bank it's just a matter of time till they're caught. But it certainly messes up the bus schedules and the parent pick-up and drop-off times. And we also practice uh, shelter-in-place drills for earthquakes. So it seems like a good good subject for today. I'll be interested in hearing from some people. So put on your best thinking caps and go ahead and call me here at the Sean Teshner Show. Hey, Greg, Sean here. How are you? Hey, Sean. Thanks for calling in. Thanks. Thank you, Greg, for calling into the Sean Tester Show. I understand you're down there in California, on the left coast.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a uh, exciting place to be. You never know what you're in for down here. Well, Greg,
2: today's topic is going to be about arming teachers in the classroom, and I wanted to get your input on that, especially since you're in California.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, Switzerland had the, the best idea when it came to arming all the citizens, right? I understand there it's it's mandatory to own a gun that that's really important part of of uh, claiming the narrative and and keeping this type of division out of your society even with a second amendment in place it's it's constantly under attack uh, you know greg you know, the people my
2: uh, mm-hmm? my brother's married to a liberal and she doesn't like the fact that my daughter has guns and has them on our property and one time on in a fight over a parking space she actually got out there and blocked my daughter in so she couldn't get to work and then she called the police people with the power of life and death a gun on the hip to come out and try and punish my daughter luckily the officer saw through it and uh... almost threw her in jail and uh... There was no common sense attached to any of it. And, you know, it was dangerous for my daughter because she did have a firearm. It was in her trunk, but it was unloaded, and it was for work because she, she works at a gun shop, and she's a gunsmith. And uh mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff, you know, we're talking about. Illog- illogical people who will, who will say that they're against firearms, but then when it comes to them needing the police, they call the police who have firearms to defend them. And... um there was a guy down in Virginia who suggested, he's a sheriff, that if things got hot down there uh, with gun confiscation, he was going to go ahead and deputize everybody and make them law enforcement. And then guess what? They get to have guns. Pretty smart, huh?
1: They should do yeah, that, that that's with a teachers, deputize
2: do. teachers, don't you think?
1: Absolutely. Every, everybody should get used to the idea. Uh, you need to stay on offense. It's time for debate's over. I mean, they, they've been working on us for a. Uh, a very long time trying to, you know, they always take, they define who you are and they create false perceptions in a, in a narrative and they, they just never stop. They're, they're, they're ruthless people and they really only have one goal in mind, regardless of anything they might say. The one goal is to disarm the people uh, so that they have power and control over every one of us.
2: Well, you know that disarmament process is starting as as young as kindergarten, when teachers tell kids, "You can't fight back, Johnny. If Timmy hits you in the face, you can't fight back, or you're going to be in trouble too." And the only other logical thing that parents have come up with is creating backpacks with Kevlar in them, so that they're like a bulletproof vest, and the kid can hold it up, maybe shove some books in there that might stop a bullet. What do you think of that? Yeah, it,
1: yeah. Well, yeah, it's appalling. It's it, People have lost their survival instinct, really. They, and this is just what the left wants. It's what they've always wanted, is to create a nation of slaves. And ultimately, a global government with slaves to rule over. And a lot of these mid-level uh, people that are uh, taking this, this route are uh, themselves going to be sacrificed as soon as the job is done. Well, you I'm know sure the idea they, of like people
2: that. becoming slaves—you have to participate in becoming a slave. It all starts with, "Yes, go ahead and take me captive because you may have a gun pointed at me," versus "No, hell no, I'm going to fight."
1: Yeah, knowing what I do about Virginia, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to put up quite a quite a fight. Uh, that's my favorite state. When I was growing up, I used to go through the uh, the Blue Ridge Parkway there and and go to the beaches of Virginia and. And I always wanted to move back there someday until about, about 20 years ago, I really caught on to uh, the fact that Washington DC was spilling over the north into North Virginia. And I knew this day would come where it would become a a blue state. So I'm not surprised by this at all. It's, these people have always used the same tactics of mass migration. Look at what they're doing in in Hong Kong, and you can understand uh, what the tactics are. And in this case, you're not distracted by any uh, any perceptions of racism because it's the Chinese from the mainland invading the Chinese who live in Hong Kong. It's all about ideology, and that's all it ever is about. And so you have mass migration. They actually completed a bridge from the mainland to Hong Kong. Mass migration, they take the Hong Kong people's jobs. They begin begin to infiltrate the Hong Kong government, so they're more friendly to the mainland Chinese government. And eventually, well, unfortunately for them, the Hong Kong people recognize exactly what they're doing, and they're they're fighting back because they know it's, it's really a life and death kind of situation for them.
2: I'm, I'm glad you I pointed, be, I'm glad you pointed that out, Greg. Because the whole idea of creating a bridge, normally people think that's for peaceful purposes. When in, when in reality, it's an invasion route. And in the schools, uh, my opinion, the invasion route has been taking place for a few decades now. Again, all starting with you can't hit back, uh, preventing anybody, including teachers or parents, from having firearms in the classroom, um, unless they're law enforcement. Uh, things like that don't stop people who are determined to hurt others uh, if they bring a gun on campus. And seconds count. And law law I can't even talk today. Law enforcement officers, uh, by the time they get there, uh, the person's usually killed a lot of people and or himself or herself, and it's too late. And we can't bring those people back. And a lot of these schools, like the one that happened in, back in Connecticut, you know, no real investigation was ever completed. They just bulldozed the place, which really surprised me because. Um, people talk about conspiracies and false flags well if you bulldoze if you bulldoze the evidence how in the world can you prove otherwise you know
1: well you can't trust law enforcement unfortunately there still are some areas uh, like your example in virginia where the law enforcement is patriotic and uncorrupted but you know, we've seen the Department of Justice corrupted. We've seen the FBI at the upper levels corrupted. And that's not a new story, by the way. That, you know, That's just like the days of Hoover. And uh, the CIA has always been corrupt from its very founding. Eisenhower himself never trusted the CIA. Hmm. Uh, but we're also seeing nationally, uh, since our, I call him our first homosexual president was in power, he really set forth to nationalize the police. And that's what this whole this, this whole uh, agenda of his was about when he you know, began to call the cops racist and create all this, this antagonism between the cops and the citizens was well, he would come in there and say, well, you know, I can see that we need the federal, you know, a little federal control. We, you know, you just, you can't be trusted. You're all a bunch of racists. So we're going to come in there and, uh, and take over your police department. And he he effectively did that in cities. I I believe Seattle is one of those cities where he started putting his own police chiefs in place. And that, well, look at Seattle, look what's happening to it. Then you got George Soros, who started putting all the district attorneys in these blue cities as many as he can. So they're taking over the government at, at, at the upper level. So even though you may have some good officers in the ranks, uh, well, I'm really the power to do much.
2: Well, you know, Greg, uh, a lot of those people, yeah. even in the military, uh, they're told, this is the policy, and it's official, and if you cross this line, then you're going to lose your job, or you're going to lose your pension, or both. And people are too scared uh, to do anything, because they know that these people have the power to do that. And,
1: you right. know,
2: when you're out of a job, and you can't afford to hire an attorney... It makes you think twice, especially if you have a mortgage or a wife and and kids to feed. Let alone yeah, fear that's, sending
1: them as that's, that's how I control people, through lawsuits and character assassination. And it really is easy to see what their tactics are. They never change, and they always project their own sins upon any many of their opponents. So it's easy to see what they're up to. Well,
2: Greg, you've got a you've got a child in a public school in California. Can you imagine some armed intruder coming into your child's classroom with a loaded firearm, pointing at all the kids and the teacher? I mean, what would you do? What would you suggest he do?
1: Well, we, yeah, I was worried about that last week because we had a there was a shooting in Santa Clarita, uh, recently, maybe a month ago, where that happened. That's, that very event happened. Um, yeah, you know, he's played soccer over there. My son, not far away, maybe a half hour away. And then they they had a kid. I got an email from from the school principal. I, it was last week, last Wednesday. Uh, there was a threat from from a known individual who had that, basically saying he was going to come in and shoot the school
2: up.
1: Great. So a lot of the kids didn't show up to school that day. And I still do not know why the uh, school would have allowed this, this kid to even attend school there. He, uh, the story that I got from my son was, because everyone knows about it now, uh, that this this kid was kicked out of another school for bringing a gun to school, and he's mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. And so he was talking about, you know, bringing a gun to the new school where my son attends i uh, you know, my son's very aware of it. I just told my son to keep an eye on this kid and, uh, you know, just to stay away from him. I, he sounds very mentally unstable and I think that's the real story mm-hmm. uh, behind these shootings. Not, of course, not the gun. You gotta get the focus off the guns and put it on the opioids that these kids are on. And every, again, I think this is part of a bigger operation. I, You know, I I was a scientist once, and uh, you come up with a theory and either prove or disprove it. If there's two two or more people involved and they don't have the best of intentions, it's a conspiracy theory. Well, I think
2: think all the kids that go home, Greg, and after school, instead of doing their homework, they're playing video games where they're on a rampage and killing a whole bunch of people and smashing up things and, and going after the police and everything. And in their minds, it creates a fantasy... Landscape where they're the heroes and someone's paying attention to them finally, Uh, and then they get to school and they form gangs so that they are like a little wolf pack, so they have somebody paying attention to them and caring about them.
1: Yeah, unstable kids coming from a broken family. Yeah, I could see them having having those kind of fantasies, and that's part of the reason the left is always attacking the family. They want control of your kids, and they they want to treat unstable children like this. I became real suspicious when, and you probably heard this story, when a Muslim was arrested in the uh, mountains of New Mexico. They'd been kidnapping children and training them on how to shoot up schools.
2: Oh, yeah, I remember
1: that. Yeah, that that tells me right there, there's an operation going on. You know, that's the untold stories. I I don't think this is an accident. You really gotta start thinking outside the box and mm-hmm. you know, stop calling the narrative because this these things happen to create a narrative. You know and to further manipulate people with the narrative.
2: Greg, there have been stories about some teachers who are deputy sheriffs who keep their weapons unloaded in the trunks of their cars and they drive to school and they keep it there for a reason in case they have to run outside and grab it to stop a shooting. I remember when I was a kid in the sixties and seventies Uh, there were kids who brought their 22 rifles to school, put them in their school locker along with their bullets, and then after school they went to shooting competitions. It was no big deal. Sure. Look how it's
1: changed. We had a a gun, uh, yeah, we had a gun club in my high school. And, uh, I grew up in Pennsylvania where people were always carrying guns around. You know, they had the gun racks and Mm -hmm. hunters. It wasn't uncommon to, uh, go down a, you know, dark road and see a, a, gun, a hunter with a gun crossing the street and stop him and ask for directions, whatever, and there's guy, armed guys standing there. Nobody was afraid of that because they weren't insane. They, were, <laughs> they weren't mentally unstable. Everybody trusted the hunters and nobody was scared of the guns. And, and uh, everyone, for the most part, uh, most people had experience using guns. So that, That gets rid of that fear, too. If people actually know how to use them, they know something about them, Mm -hmm. they're not scared of them at all. They don't really perceive them as a threat. And you got all these wimpy kids, which is what they're trying to really, you know, push more and more of, you know, a bunch of sissies running around. You don't know how to use a gun, and are scared to death of it, and think the gun's going to attack them. And, uh, you know, they have this real fear inside of them. Well,
2: you know... That almost reminds me of some of these people who will claim that they said Jesus on a piece of toast. Makes about as much sense their argument. I think teachers should be armed. I think seconds count when it comes to someone coming through the classroom door. In the school district where I work, not only are the outside doors to the classrooms locked, but now they're making us keep the uh, inside doors locked too because you never do know. And uh, even though we have a phone in the classroom and I have a cell phone, uh, there there still might not be that time to be able to uh, get the kids into a position where uh, something might protect them from bullets flying and or the teacher be able to have the courage to stop the person without using a firearm. And we've heard of many cases now in the United States where teachers have been shot dead or wounded trying to protect their students, but there's never any follow-up on arming teachers. Now, I've heard of a couple places. I think there's a school district in Texas where they require it uh, and somewhere else, but the movement just doesn't seem to have taken off as it should, in my opinion.
1: Well, things are going to get more and more heated up until they get what they want so people don't start going up, you know, standing up for themselves. They're going to get run right over. Exactly. Uh, Well, uh,
2: we're going to... We're gonna run you over, uh, either with a toilet flush, with the zombies chasing you, or, uh, mafia style. Which one do you want to pick?
1: <laughs> I'd rather, uh, go down fighting myself. You, you would? Okay, war sounds zombies. then.
2: War sounds. Thanks, Greg, for calling the Sean <laughs> Chester <laughs> Show. Alright, take All
0: right. care. Bye bye. Hey,
2: Chris, good afternoon. This is Sean at the Sean Tescher Show. Thank you for participating in today's show topic on arming Teachers. Oh, you're welcome, bud. Please give us your honest opinion about this subject. I'm getting a lot of call-in guests with different opinions, and since you work in the industry, I thought maybe we'd get a few more uh, words of wisdom from you.
0: I wouldn't call them words of wisdom, but I can definitely give you my opinion. Certainly. All right. Does anyone argue the fact that in the wild, a uh, gazelle with their horns—you know—do they do they argue that they they don't get a they should have an opportunity to use those against lions, right? And mm-hmm. in, in nature, it, it, it's okay, but when it comes to Schools—it's like, oh no, we can't have guns in schools because they're dangerous. How do we keep those those soft points? You know, protected shootings happen anywhere that is a gun-free zone. And the, the you know, it's ridiculous that that we would say that no, no, we don't need them here. With all this going on, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Why they,
0: that's why people go to school they know that they're not protected.
2: Well, Chris, some of the parents parents that I've spoken to have come up with some solutions, such as uh, backpacks that are made with Kevlar in them so that if a bullet is shot at a kid, he or she can use it as a shield and might survive. Um, The classroom doors are locked on the outside now, and they're starting to have us lock them on the inside as well. Uh, to prevent anybody from coming in that's unauthorized. And a few years back, they started having teachers stop people in the hallway that if they didn't know who they were, they'd say, have you signed in at the office, do you have a visitor's badge? Uh, I haven't seen much of that around lately, but short of turning all our classrooms into uh, concrete walls with bulletproof glass and steel doors and some pass to get in from the office... Uh, I don't know how we're going to be able to shelter in place and protect these kids short of teachers being armed in the classroom.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it also, uh, that's just putting a Band-Aid on the problem, right, or a Band-Aid on the wound. What's the wound that's start like, what's starting to do, right? So, I mean, we've known for years that bullying has been a problem. Uh, the Internet, you know, these kids get on these Facebooks that, you know, they say that they're 18 and they're really not. Their parents allow them to be on there. They get made fun of, or they make fun of other people, and it all goes downhill from there. Oh,
2: cyber right? bullying! Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. definitely. So it definitely starts outside of the school. Right? It, it mm-hmm. starts at home. It starts with the individuals. Now, not all, not all shooting are you know students of the school. You know, they they're, they're outside influences. People run, run inside with a with a gun. In some cases, uh, I think this year uh, there's been, I think, in the forties, forty two to forty five uh, so called school shootings. But some of them weren't actually. Some of them were suicide by teachers. Uh, you know, it's not. It's not. It does, they may, they kind of twist it, make it sound like it's a uh, a situation that uh, that promotes their agenda, right?
2: Suicide like, by teachers. On. I haven't heard of that one.
0: No, no, no. Uh, teachers committing suicide. Oh. Yeah. So it's, there's a lot of data out there, right? And you can't really trust all the data. But I do know when someone says, hey, there's been, you know, 45 school shootings this year. What amount of those are actually, you know, like a student going in with a gun? Or, you know, a teacher going in with a gun to... uh who knows, right? There's just so many different scenarios that actually do happen. Um, it, it's it's just extraordinary that people think that guns shouldn't be allowed to protect their
2: Well, what's interesting is they'll allow parents uh, to come to, to meetings, uh, and some parents are sometimes armed, some are law enforcement, some aren't, uh, to protect people at large school meetings where things get hot. Uh, there are kids that are trained in the use of firearms and or Uh, say, karate, self-defense, and they know how to fight back or they know how to run. Uh, They talk about stranger danger, etc. But a lot of this programming, I believe, to these captive audiences starts at kindergarten when we tell kids, go hide in the corner, Uh, don't call 911, Uh, shelter in place, Uh, don't hit back because you're going to be in just as much trouble if you hit back. And so they're conditioned from the time they're five or six, to follow the rules that authorities state to them for fear of getting in trouble. Yet they become targets to people who are, say, off their ADHD medicines or who themselves are psycho. I had a principal once tell me, hey, if you want to see why the kid's off his meds, just look at the parents. And he was right. You know, some of the crazy behaviors you see are through the DNA. But... uh, here we have all these kids held hostage in schools. They could do online learning at home if uh, if this was a trusted thing to do and teachers do their lectures online and kids download them and you know fill out the bubbles that they're supposed to to get to their diplomas. And they'd, there'd probably be better learning going on in between playing video games, of course. But I think even that, uh, playing video games where there's a rampage going on and kids are participating in it, doesn't help either. Uh, as you said, there's more than one thing in society to blame it. But I believe personally that teachers should be armed because it takes just a few seconds uh, to clear a holster and rack around and try and defend the students from a gun assailant versus waiting to call 911 9-1, and wait for the police to show up You know, 10, 15 minutes later. By then, everybody's dead or wounded. You know what I'm saying?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. A local PD, uh, can't tell you which one, but they were just given the go-ahead to actually go in without a team. You, they were instructed up until recently to wait. They have to wait until there's more than one team member to go in. So at that point, the reaction, yeah, I mean, they could be, what, a minute and a half away, they could be 12 minutes away, depending on the school, depending on if it's a sheriff's department or whatnot or a local PD. But even if they're there, they're, they were instructed to wait. So that recently changed uh, because it was too dangerous for the officer to go in by himself. Really? Yeah.
2: Hmm. Well, it would be easier to so shoot it I- at two people than at one. <laughs> Unless they're sure. both armed, yeah. of course. Um, right. Down in Virginia, and- the sheriffs wanted to deputize everybody in case uh, there was a roundup of guns. And, of course, the very people they would want to order to round up the guns would be the sheriffs. And the sheriffs know the Constitution and they're elected. And so the bureaucrats can't get rid of them very easily. And luckily enough, the sheriffs can deputize people and even grab and call up members of the militia to uh, defend against people who want to take away our gun rights or murder our kids, say, in the classroom. I'm for deputizing teachers and arming teachers and putting them through some sort of law enforcement course so that, guess what, they can carry guns on campus. And guess what, they can be... uh, Forgiven in a lawsuit because they're acting in good faith as good Samaritans. What do you think of that?
0: No, I think that that's great, but what I think would also help is putting them through some sort of a stop bleed situation as well, or uh, excuse me, a training. Mm-hmm. Uh, stop lead goes hand in hand with shooting, right? So if you're going to learn how to make hold, you got to learn how to plug hold. Uh, and I do think that is very important uh, when you're talking about training and getting uh, these teachers on.
2: Oh, I'd agree. First aid medic training. Ditch medicine. Well,
0: I mean, it's easy. Yeah, it's easy.
2: Well, Chris, do you know personally about that type of training?
0: I've, I've taken a thought force myself to kind of widen my horizons on uh, uh, being able to help not only myself, but someone else next to me. I'm a very firm believer of helping people versus just recording them with their phone, you know, putting it on YouTube.
2: Certainly. Well, uh, do you want to make a plug for your business? Go ahead.
0: (laughs) My name is Chris McCallum. I'm from McCallum Defense. I'm a gun range and gun shop here uh, in Kent, Washington. We sell medical supplies. We sell bags, uh, firearms. We do gunsmithing, custom gun work. Uh, If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to call.
2: How about bulletproof vests?
0: We offer those as well.
2: How about bulletproof backpacks?
0: haven't had a uh, request for them, but uh, getting the inserts for just about any backpack is easy enough. Uh, most Kevlar, like Level 3, level, uh, will stop you know most any handgun around that's used, um, and it's probably less than three pounds to be put into a backpack.
2: Chris, do you want to go ahead and give us uh, the phone number so that listeners out there can get a hold of you? Or go to uh, your you website? Got a shop
0: phone yeah. Yeah. Uh, dot and that's M-C-C-A-L-L-E-N-Defense.com. Uh, phone number is 253-872-0444. Uh, just uh, ask for the gunshot.
2: Wonderful, Chris. I sure appreciate you calling in and participating in today's show topic. Uh, hopefully down the road you can uh, come up with some more interesting show topics and either email us or call us here at the Sean Teshner Show.
0: You got it,
2: bud. Thanks so very much. Have a good day. Thank you. Oh wait, You're one good. more thing. Uh, we yep, send sir. people out on this show either zombie style, we blow them up, or we uh, we can have you have two to the back of the head, mafia style, or flush. Take your pick. Uh,
0: zombie style. All
2: right, here we go.
0: The zombie apocalypse. <laughs>
2: And one more call. It's Maria. Maria, thank you for calling the Sean Teshner Show. Well, Maria, today's show topic, as you know, is about arming teachers in the classroom. And I wanted to get a woman's input on this because women tend to think about guns more with emotions than with logic. Uh, the, the biggest argument I ever hear is that guns load themselves, jump off the shelf, put themselves in people's hands, and then uh, pull the trigger. I think hey. it's an important thing to get a woman's perspective on that, especially because their babies, our kids, are a captive audience within the walls of classrooms. What's your opinion on this subject?
0: Well
3: it's one of those uh women that I don't I don't just pull the trigger without thinking. <laughs> you have to think first. Um anyone but just um, a teacher or a female uh, uh, thinking without logic it's it's almost like degrading to, or it's more an insult to a woman and not thinking about what's you know what to do in terms of uh, an emergency situation say in a school class right
2: so well, I'm sure so if is trained in the use of a firearm, just like a man, let's say, in law enforcement. Uh, it would be interesting to see if the measured outcome would be the same as far as reaction time.
3: Um. Yes. <laughs> uh, you have to be uh, wise and effective on uh, what will be your next move in terms of in a situation, mm-hmm. such as uh, carrying firearms in, in a classroom Um you have to have also uh, one thing that I noticed in private schools compared to public schools. They have what they consider lockdown. Mm-hmm. So once you um, lock down the school, no one can enter and no one can leave the school. Right. So there are two things that they haven't done or has has been implemented in some public schools that has been done long time with private schools. And, that, and that's one, one thing that they, they don't have is um, proper training. They try to put a, um, a vote on it for women or teachers carrying um, guns to uh, school, but um, are they trained? If they are trained, how much training do they need do they require because that involves emotional, psychological are they are they you know are they able to tackle or combat that type of a challenge?
2: Well, you know Maria, one of the first things I'm thinking of is if a teacher's armed, that gun should be strapped to that teacher's waist. It shouldn't be left in a purse locked in a desk where some kid can find it because kids usually react rather than think especially younger kids, I'm thinking junior high, especially sixth grade. Um, the other thing is, think of yourself in an airplane. That's a locked enclosure. Once that door is locked and you're at 30,000 feet, there's no getting in and there's no getting out. And the big fear of guns on airplanes is if you shoot a hole through the fuselage, the thing will depressurize and everybody's going to die. Now, in a classroom, there are a lot of classrooms I've been in where it's either sheetrock walls or they're brick. And obviously the older brick schools built back in the 60s, early 70s, you know, they had the dollars to be able to do that, uh, which are great for stopping bullets. If you're going to start shooting a gun in the classroom, you want that bullet to stop at the wall uh, and not go yes. and penetrate the wall and hit someone in the hallway or another classroom too. So there are some arguments about that and safety. But my opinion is if we build safer schools that can contain things like that, or more hallways with, say, zigzag patterns that slow down intruders and give kids time to hide or get locked behind some bulletproof box or something, uh, they may have a fighting chance if they're not going to arm teachers and if they're not going to supply bulletproof vests and or bulletproof backpacks to kids. And, you know, when people are scared, they don't always react. Sometimes they freeze. And I think a lot of times the kids would probably just freeze. I know the there was one time when a friend of mine lost his wife and all their kids because they she fell asleep drunk. And this was during a birthday party in the middle of the afternoon. And the kids decided to start a fire in the living room and play camp out. Well, the fire got out of control. They got scared. They ran in the closet. And by the time the fire department was there, they were all dead because of smoke inhalation. So kids will go and hide when they're scared. Um... And, you know, unless we can get them out the door and hope there's nobody outside waiting for them, too, uh, I can't think of any other way to protect kids in a classroom situation like that. Uh, the buildings I've been in, they lock the outside doors now. And in some buildings, they lock the inside doors as well, which can and can't be mm-hmm. good, you know, depending on uh, who you want to let in or not. I know a lot of buildings require that teachers uh, ask Adults coming down the hallway. Hey, do you have a pass? Do you have a visitor's pass? You know, and who yes. knows? Maybe the maybe they're getting ready to shoot, and they'll shoot you first, and then still head to a classroom. Who knows?
0: That's right,
3: um, I, and I agree with what you just said. Um, there's a lot of um, things that you can uh, do to pre- to prevent that from happening in school school zones. Um, but are are we equipped? Are these Schools are equipped to protect our children, safety, safety wise.
2: Well, our airports uh, and our prisons church. are.
3: Yes. So why not do that in our schools?
2: And there, there goes, there goes people saying, "Well, the schools are already institutions, just like jails and just like airports."
3: <laughs> well, um, when I went to school, it was like it was very safe. Oh. Uh, no one is allowed to carry guns, no one is allowed but we have security at the gate, you know, but our our school zones areas are not even gated. So they're not even like you know, like you put a border wall basically.
2: Mm-hmm. You
3: know, no one can climb. So it's razor wire dogs like and machine guns, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's Yes, and um <laughs> so I I felt safe and not only safe but you know, um, all cars are um, not allowed to enter the school zone area unless they pick up the kids, you know, and then you go mm-hmm. away at the gate. So anything that happens inside the school campus, there's no shooting because it, it's just not allowed. You cannot bring knives. You cannot bring anything. And, uh, and there is a cafeteria. Cafeteria provides plastic. You can't kill people with plastic spoons and forks, so things like that, unless, you know, even in Europe, look at what's going on in Europe now, Um they're controlling guns, no guns on uh cities and sanctuary cities, look, you know, there's a lot of stabbing, people are getting stabbed, so no matter how you look at it, murder rates are still going up, that's nothing to do with guns.
2: Hmm. You're making See? me think about there, these people that are... There. Logging onto the so, internet and building plastic yes. guns too.
3: So to me, it's important to have guns f- for the teachers, but they have to also go to training like a police officer.
2: Well, why not just because deputize? Have, why not just deputize teachers as police officers? Then they're legally uh, required to have a firearm. Yeah. I mean, yes, that makes yes. the most sense. That'd be cheaper than building a bulletproof building or having metal detectors. Yes, exactly. And everything. Yes. If and believe I me, once they're all,
3: and, and to me, uh, when they're trained and they're fully, you know, uh equipped to do that, then I don't think there'll be anything that you would hear in the news, you know, um, rampant shooting or police chase or, you know, um, kids going to um, start shooting at schools because they know they're not going to do it. Somebody's yeah. gonna protect those kids. And the the reason why they're shooting each other is that there's not even any reason. They just feel like oh, I, I just feel like had the challenge to do it or I feel like doing it.
0: Well I think there those was kids, no reason.
2: Like the ones at Columbine that were video game addicts that you know, they played those shoot up games where people go on a rampage. Um they yes, themselves because were they think that they're un- imagining their drugs.
3: The, uh, yes. Uh huh.
2: You know, and so they so they're
3: imagining things that's happened that mm-hmm. they are. They thought, "Oh, this is cool. I can do this," without even thinking that they're it's a it's just a video. But then you know, you know where know, they're they doing you know it.
2: where they got their firearms from? They broke into their parents' gun cabinets. Yeah, and they, I know, and that's where they got their their weapons from. And some people are saying, "Well, then you should lock the bullets and the guns up separately, so that kids don't have access to them," which you know makes sense uh, to me. But um, they want to hold people accountable for that, too, if kids get their hands on firearms, such as that. But what's to stop kids from breaking into houses, stealing someone's legal firearms, and then going to use them in a crime? Hmm. I'm all for giving up guns as long as the Army and the police give up theirs. But, you know, if they have easy access to the drugs in your, your medicine cabinet, and can go out and sell them on the street. They can take that money and go out and buy a firearm on well, the street. Well, that's too. another
3: that's another topic right there because yeah. opioids is higher rates of deaths than than gun shooting. So you can't compare you know apples and oranges. But it's the same you know if you look at the the debt rate statistics, you know, uh, opioid drugs addiction is higher than higher death rates than. Uh, uh, Shooting guns at school. Well,
2: how about kids in cars that are drunk with drunk drivers?
3: No. Yes, there you go. So, to me, um, I am in a, in agreement with you of securing, um, sec- you know, having having to arm teachers in schools um, to prevent from you know uh, to protect children from uh, victimized victimhood in a school shooting.
0: Well, we that's already, that's as that's teachers,
2: mine. Maria, we already wear many hats. We're uh, counselors. We're surrogate parents. Um, again, teachers. Uh, we're babysitters. Coaches. You name it. And a lot of these kids, you know, they grew up without both parents. They're angry. Uh, they feel cheated. And the only family they can find is the wolf pack they form at school or uh, a gang that they'll join. Uh, unfortunately... And then that's considered cool to take part in uh, games where firearms are involved, and unfortunately, that's a life-changing event that can't be turned around once it's participated in. So.
0: Yes,
2: um,
3: yeah, that's 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 the
2: that, that's a valid point. Um. We're also teaching our kids not to defend themselves in school if some bully punches a kid in the nose and he fights back and the bully gets knocked out. Guess what? You're both going to the office. You're both in trouble because you defended yourself. <laughs> That's true. How dare you defend yourself?
3: See, the only thing I can agree on, since I don't have the expertise on the uh, the children having or the teachers having to be a counselor, a uh, a co a co-parenting, a babysitter. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of responsibility. For a teacher to um, to take,
1: and sure. so that's, that's also too. risking
3: their lives. That's you get also to be risking targets their lives,
2: also. Yeah.
3: And then they can also easily be targeted for sexual advances, and you know all this other molestation case. You know, there's so many things that um, they can blame teachers on, and that's unfortunate. It's just uh, it's just a society that we live in. That, uh, the parents removes the, they remove their responsibilities and give it to the teachers. And then when it happens, the teacher is consoling a student and that becomes a sexual harassment case or a molestation case.
2: And you you know, a lot of times it's found out that it's a lie and it's done with, um, the goal of trying to retire on the dollars that are going to be made by suing the school district.
3: Yes. And that's that's why um, I never I never d- understand why there's so many um, uh, what do you call that education taxes added or um, salary increase and every single election there's always a um, I have to raise my tax because of schools because of uh, you know increased education for books for buildings and. I don't know what happened. There's always a levy, and there's really nothing happening. I don't see any improvement. It's getting worse actually. So it's, you know, everybody has to take responsibility. The domestic abuse started at home and then it goes all the way to school, then it becomes a public issue. That's, that's, that's always the problem here. You know, and, uh, it's it's sad that this is happening to our society, but a lot of the parenting is not is not. Um, there's no school for being a parent, but I think all schools, all parents who have children, needs to learn that they're fully responsible of you know having a child.
2: I it sure wish. Be... I honestly wish <laughs> I could hear from a parent who's lost a child to gun violence in a school. That may have changed his or her mind regarding if the teachers had been armed, maybe my kid would still be alive.
0: Mhm. Yeah,
3: but again, um, you've already uh, putting too much. Uh, um, you're putting too much hat in one umbrella for a teacher to do that, and um, it's it's pretty difficult for a teacher to be trained, and then while you know. Uh, summertime is probably he or she having a vacation. You, you can go to a police training.
2: You know, it's, I mean, that's a good point. And, you know, schools now are being used as a babysitting service even during the summer by parents. They're discovering it's cheaper to send their kids to summer school than it is to pay the daycare bill, believe it or not.
0: There you go. Mm-hmm.
2: So See? schools get used and, uh, either way.
3: <laughs> yes. And then, um, so no matter how you look at it, they utilize those. I mean, I, I have a cousin that works in the school district, and I thought, oh, you know, you get off because everybody on the skid, the kids goes off school and it's summertime. I said, no, we still report to work. We don't get a vacation for six months or three months.
0: Hmm.
3: Just because the, the kids are off school, you know, we're still doing our work. And I said, oh, what kind of work? It's,
2: <laughs> it's an in interesting school. point. That you made out about summertime, you know, send the teachers into armed training. You know, there's, um, we trust kids at 18 to join the military and carry weapons and throw hand grenades and die for mm-hmm. their country, even before they're allowed to own firearms or take a legal drink, say at a bar. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got teachers who, you know, try their very best every day to make a difference, and sometimes it gets so frustrating to a point where they just say, that's enough, I'm done. And they don't mm-hmm. see the support from administration because administration will believe the kids first, and the, and the teachers last, and that's a terrifying that's right. place to be if you're a teacher, uh, unless you have good insurance and you can weather the storm emotionally. Uh, it's very very intimidating, and uh, it is. I, I've been in a classroom where one time a, a parent came in, and was unannounced, opened my portable door, walked up to her son, and said. Why didn't you do your homework? Why did you lie to me? Mr. T here had um, left me an email, and I see on the system you haven't turned in all your homework, and you said you did. She literally took off her shoe and slapped him right across the face as hard as she could, almost knocked the kid out. He started crying, and I had to get up and tell her, Get out of the classroom now. I had to call the principal, the police got called, and you know what it turns out the lady works for? Department of Social no. and Health Services, the very oh people God. that protect kids
0: I from couldn't. abuse.
2: I think she got a slap no. on the wrist, and that was about it. Believe it or not. So I, anything can happen in the classroom. Anything from seizures to assaults uh, to bullying behavior. We have to deal with it all, and we're we're supposed to train every year on these online courses, which include you know HIV training. Uh, peanut allergies, uh, sexual abuse, uh, cyberbullying, you name it. But we never, ever get any training on on defending our kids in the classroom. And that's sad.
3: So there you go. That's sad, and um, I think it's about time to do something about it.
2: Well, thank you, Maria, for calling in and making your suggestions today on The Sean Tescher Show. Do you want to go out uh, zombie-style, the mafia getting you, or do you want to be flushed? <laughs> you get to style. pick. Yeah, you can have Why the problem, do I have Jason. to pick? Pardon? <laughs> Why do I have to pick? Oh, okay, Well, we'll just do mafia style then. Two to the back of the yeah. head. <laughs> All right, Polly, you yeah. go after Maria, Polly. You know what to do.
3: <laughs> yeah. Don't say my name.
2: All right, here we I go. I know what
3: they look like. <laughs> Bye. Right now, bye.
2: (laughs) Well, we started talking about guns, so we're going to leave the show with guns. Here we go. Hey, Polly, I'm going to tell you again. You know what to do. Well, I'd like to thank today's call-in guests, Greg, Chris, and Maria, for calling the Sean Teshner Show. In the coming weeks, we hope to have some more interesting show topics. Please don't hesitate to email me. We are a listener-supported broadcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Sean Teshner Show, or you can see us at Facebook. We're also on Spotify as well as 14 other channels to be able to get a hold of us at. And we encourage you to go ahead and make copies of the show and or email them around the world to friends and family. So thank you for participating. And I guess we're going to go out with the sounds of time to open a can of attitude.